If I win that lottery, man, I'll start my own business. Tired of working for somebody. I want to work for me. I don't want to bring in income for me, not no one else. How many times have you heard that cliche? That same old tune, that same old song. If, 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 if. Well, today on today's episode of Chin Wagon with Ruck, we're going to talk to a young man that started his own business. And we're going to podcast out of his business. So the little background you may hear, it's his business. It really is his business. And it's a type of business that I never would have thought of to to go and prosper and be be great. But hey, who am I? Enjoy this episode of my business. Welcome to another episode of Chin Wagon with Ruck. Today we have here a business owner, small business owner, and we're going to talk to him to see how he got started, his plans of why he got started, and so forth. So today we have Chris. Good morning. And we have my guest co-host, Buster. What's up? All right, Chris, let's, get this, let's jump right into this thing. So, what is the name of your business? So, uh, we've got a business here in Statham, Georgia called the Shaved Ice Shack. The Shaved Ice Shack. Can you guess what we carry? <laughs> shaved ice. Shaved ice. There's <laughs> been some questioning out there in the community lately. We've oh. had some people discussing some different things. Oh, what kind of ice, huh? Uh, no, <laughs> do we carry other products or not, but we decided to just specialize and be the absolute best okay. at providing one delightful treat. Okay. All right. So how long have you been open for business? So we opened on uh, June 13th. June 13th. June 13th. Well, this year? Of this year. Okay. What made you get into shaved ice? Well, that's a great question. So let's uh, travel back in time. (laughs) Uh, If we go back about 40 years ago, I was living over in Arkansas. Okay. And, you know, like everybody who's young, like you guys were doing this morning, we had lots of sports and activities and pool time and whatnot going on. And uh, there was a, uh, probably what I would refer to as the inspiration, there was a shaved ice shack uh, called Ethel Shaved Ice. Okay. And what was amazing about that is it was nothing like this. I mean, it was, the, what you're seeing is a fine polished product of, years of thoughts okay. uh, that have gone into it and looking at probably hundreds of different locations all over the United States and some different countries also. Hmm. But uh, Ethel had a really simple environment. She used these exact same machines that I use here, uh, these exact same syrups uh, that we use here, and I'll, we can talk about that a little bit, but um, she was in a, a space about half this size. The front windows were two sheets of plywood and when she opened up the plywood, the menu was on the back. Oh. When she closed it, she put a chain through it and a padlock to lock it. <laughs> right? So we're talking about pretty raw. It was a cinder block building. It had one fluorescent light in it. Oh. And uh, it had a steel back door on it. And that was it. She had 100 flavors. She had a machine. She had one freezer. I don't even know where she made her ice because the building wasn't big enough like it is here. 
uh, to produce ice. But uh, she ran that business for the better part of 30 straight years by herself. Shaved ice for 30 years. Shaved ice for 30 years. And uh, what was amazing about it is she passed away about seven years ago. Mm. And uh, somebody, one of my friends from over there that had no idea that we were even doing this sent me a link to the obituary. And I went on and I looked at it. And you know, the one thing that I noticed that was really inspiring to me was that there were thousands of comments about people who had gone there as kids and then they had (laughs) taken their kids and they had taken their grandkids and there were even people that had taken their great grandkids. Wow. And they all kind of had the same theme, this wonderful, warm family memory of going there and sharing an experience and the smile on Ethel's face uh, many cases, the line that wrapped from the building, <laughs> 30 people long. Waiting on shaved waiting ice. Waiting on shaved ice, right? Wow. So Okay, um, now, I, I got a confession. Because <laughs> yes. When I hear shaved ice, <laughs> I'm thinking it's just ice that's... Flavored. Right, the flavor ice that when you suck on all the flavor gone. Right. So uh, so I, your, your experience with shaved ice was probably like carnival-based... <laughs> Right, more like an ice cone, like the ice was real kind of chunky. chunky, thick ice, yeah. And And so the way that they make that ice is they take a bag of ice and they put it through a machine that kind of, it's almost like a rock crusher. It breaks it into smaller cubes of ice. Okay. And And they intentionally do that in a carnival or a fair environment because then normally they toss that into what looks like a popcorn machine, but it has snow in it or or the crunchy snow in it. And it has to be thick because it would melt really quickly. Oh, okay. Right. And then the flavors that they're using, nothing against anybody out there running any kind of business, but their goal is to have the lowest cost product. Right. So that they the 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 crunchy shaved ice lasts as long as it can mm-hmm. before they have to refill it, and then the product is as inexpensive as possible, so it can be as profitable as possible. Okay, so what's up with shaved ice? What's so, the difference? So, um, as you move up the shaved ice food chain, that's probably the easiest way to refer to it. You do move through other machines. Uh, there are some companies out there that have some patents. Uh, where they can make cubed ice closer to shaved ice. To Mm. me, it's still, if you are a a purist and enthusiast, if you really love shaved ice, you can always tell the (laughs) the difference as you move up. But there are some machines that have the capability to do that better now. They still don't use them at carnivals. (laughs) And then then you start moving up uh, this particular company, Snow Wizard, Get Snow Wizard down in New Orleans, a little shout out. There you go. Yeah, you know, they have they kind of have the original patent on this machine. Okay. So from like the 1940s, way back in the day. Okay. And so because of that, they've also been making these flavors for that period of time. But they just chose to make their machine a little bit different. And so if you look at the machine, we're talking about a 12 and a half pound block of ice, right? A big giant square frozen cube of ice. Hmm. And it sits down in the machine flat and it moves horizontally to touch the blades which are actually at the end okay and a lot of as you move up the food chain of shaved ice places there's a couple of differentiators one how the ice is shaved Mm -hmm. right if you're going vertical versus horizontal 
the more pressure you put on the block, the thicker the shaved ice is. Okay. Right? So hmm. if you've got a block that goes down and you're having to pull on it, then that's twice the force. You're just going to get thicker shaved ice. It's just okay. sort of the laws of gravity and how ice works. Uh, when you're moving horizontally and you've got a, a, plat, a flat surface with three separate blades on it, you're able to very lightly sort of touch that surface. Would make it finer. It makes it okay. a super fine shaved ice. Huh. Um, a lot of times I refer to it as like the Krispy Kreme of shaved ice because it just, it's so smooth and it just melts in your mouth that that's kind of like pe how people think about it. It's like the hot glazed donut. Huh. Yeah. That's their draw. They take that bite and it's almost like cotton candy. <laughs> right. It just <laughs> melts. Right. Yeah. So on the shaved ice side, that's a big factor, that horizontal movement up against the blade, but also um, a lot of shaved ice places have to shave their ice at a warmer temperature. So they need the ice to kind of be in what they call a sweating environment, somewhere mm -hmm. around 32 to 34 degrees-ish, okay. where it has a little light, looks like it's sweating on the outside right. of it. Some liquid. Uh, we take the ice out of the freezer at zero degrees, and we put it in the machine, and we shave it at zero degrees. Okay. So normally when we move through an entire 12 and a half pound block, the temperature of the actual ice hasn't even reached 32 degrees by the time we get to the end piece of the block that oh, we're going to toss my out. Goodness. <laughs> right? And so there's a there's two factors going on there. Right. You got three blades, you've got ice moving horizontally, right? So you're very you're able to very lightly touch it and then the ice being 0 degrees means that you're able to get that like what you remember going out in your front yard and reaching your hands in the snow, <laughs> like that perfect, soft, powdery shaved ice. Wow, that's, yeah. a, that's a great explanation. Yeah. So let's, let's get back into how you got started. Yes, so, um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, if you guys look over on the wall right there, you'll see a little drawing, okay? That okay. drawing is the inspiration for this entire business. Really? Yes. That, on the bottom right, right there, yeah. that little drawing right there, okay? And so I, like many people, go through life, and uh, I always say that your life or my life is the sum of a, a million small experiences. Yeah. Right. Um, and because I've had, I had such a positive experience with shaved ice, as I move through life professionally, and I've got a crazy professional, probably, storyline to tell, but... Uh, when I reached the point to where I wanted to do something for my kids, I thought, what's the greatest possible thing that I could do for my kids? What, if I go back through those millions of memories, what did I really think was like really inspirational, would be really fun, it was really great for the community, and they would ha have maybe have a different experience than I did, which I started out with a lawn care business back about 14 years old okay. and then just the nature of lawn care is that uh, is that uh, the hotter it is <laughs> the more business you get right, right. so the more miserable <laughs> it is outside right. the more business you get and yeah. so I thrived in an environment in that because man I'll tell you what when it got up to 105 degrees I'm knocking on every door hey yeah. you hate the heat <laughs> hate the sweat Hate weed eat. Yeah, I hate pulling, you. hate pulling grass out of your teeth yeah. like when it's 98 degrees outside. And so I had hundreds of customers. Small. But that was a business that thrived 
off of something that other people hated. Right. So where you get your business mind from? Because you had 14 doing that. Yes. So were your parents in business? Were your uncle? Where did you get your business Not mind from? Not at all. Um, I honestly think entrepreneurialism is maybe a little bit of DNA. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think it's something that is uh, sort of built into people. Right. Uh, and I would probably classify myself uh, as a serial entrepreneur. Right, so um, somebody who's not necessarily an entrepreneur has what I call hobbies: golf, okay, tennis, okay, car shows, all these sports, all these things that sort of float around in life. Uh, if you ever come across a serial entrepreneur, this is my hobby: right, building businesses, helping either the people that I work with or other people be successful is what I'm passionate about. It is my golf. It's my sport. Oh, I like that. And so instead of watching football, you're likely to find me here at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, now that's I, not to say I, that, I time, that time off <laughs> is important. It is. It Super is. important. You have to have a nice family uh, business balance. But uh, if you're passionate about business, and it's an aptitude and it's something that not only you could do, but you could share with other people. Okay, so how did you, what steps did you take? Okay, I guess we need to go back to you being 14 with your yes. loan business. Okay, once that ran out, what did you do next? So, <laughs> everything in life is perception, which mm -hmm. is kind of funny because hindsight's sort of 2020. When you look back on life, um, you sort of form your own reality, mm -hmm. right? And I call, they call that a social norm. Yeah. And you form your social norm based on your experiences, which are very limited at that time and what you're seeing visually <clears throat> around you. And so I had this super successful thriving business where I had a bunch of friends working for me. I had like, honestly, it would, have been, it would have been a multi-million dollar business I could have easily sold. At 14. <laughs> wow. Yes. That's and, That's nice. and, but in that environment, it was hot, it was nasty. I looked like the guy that climbed out of underneath the bridge every day because I was covered from head to toe in grass and stuff like that. And my perception or my social norm or what I was seeing was guys walking out of their house in a suit and a tie with a briefcase and getting into a car that wasn't a truck because that's the first vehicle I bought was a truck. Why? Because I could haul around a lawnmower, a weed eater, and a blower easier, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. I'd see them come out and get in a some kind of 240Z or something, and I thought, <laughs> in my mind, my social norm was, I wasn't a successful business owner. That's what a successful business owner looks like. Gotcha. Now, hindsight today is... You were. I was the successful business owner, and they were a very successful employee working yeah. for somebody else. Yes. Yeah. And so, but I didn't have that insight to know that. Right. So I just basically at the age of 18 joined the military. Okay. Because <laughs> I thought I need to find something professional to do. This is this is not professional. I need to find something professional. Right. And so. <laughs> I joined the military. Um, I spent six wonderful years. Um, which, I, which branch? Um, I, well, I started out in the regular Navy, mm -hmm. but then I migrated into structural engineering with a branch of the Navy called the Seabees. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. So, and I, uh, you can see it till, to this day, 
Um, wow. I got certified in welding and yeah. all the what you call structural engineering modalities, which are heavy timber construction. You can think of so you know, underwater welding. You could do that. Surface underwater welding, all that kind so of stuff. So all that translates to the civil, civil world. Yes. Yeah. And I thought that's what professional looks like. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I and I ditched the whole lawn care business and went into the military and dropped everything like a hot pancake and off I went. Wow. Um, and I don't regret any of it because right. I traveled all over the world. Um, and you know, the good thing about the military is when you get good at doing something yourself, they have a train the trainer program. You start training other people True. how to be successful. And that's a super important skill set for everybody to learn. Hmm. But uh, you know. So it sounds like you were pretty successful in the military. What made you get out of the military and get into the business, back into the business world? So. In the military, if you're in an occupation that's not easy to advance in, and what I mean by that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not good at taking tests and meeting all the requirements. It means there's not enough spots for them to be able to move you forward. In the, in the military, they would say, in this occupation, somebody has to retire or die okay. for you to get advanced. Right. Stagnated. Yeah. And so once you reach a certain point, it doesn't matter how successful you are, you can't get ex advanced unless there's a spot to be advanced in or unless you change occupations. Right. Because uh, there were other people in other occupations that I saw, do, 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 you know, go right up the ladder. Okay. But I went up to a certain point, and I'm not saying I was the smartest guy in the room, but I was smart enough to read the chart for retirement, and I could look over at the number of years, and I could look down to rank, and I could see what you got when you were done. And I thought, well, if I can't, if I can't achieve that, right. if I'm going to achieve something lower, is the time investment worthwhile? And again, I don't knock the military. I, I honestly think that uh, it would be beneficial for, believe it or not, anybody who graduated from high school to go spend two years in the military right. just for the experience. Right. And uh, you know, you, you hear a lot about obligations and things like that in life. Well, the military kind of gives you an obligation about the United States, about the country, about protecting and preserving and, and the values that are what I feel like are the core of the United States. Mm -hmm. So you take this obligation, but you never give it back. And that's super important. <laughs> yeah. So it teaches 18-year-olds how to get responsibility, how to protect their own. It turns it, kids into men right? really quickly. Because you're put out in an environment where you're just like, whoa. <laughs> True. You this, got it got up. real quick. You got to grow up. You got to grow up fast. Yeah, yeah, and that's not a bad thing because I think uh, well, they, uh, yeah, you see movies. They may have made movies about thirty-year-olds that haven't left the the parents. You know, yeah, right. above the garage, right? right. I'm not going to mention any terms uh, or movie names, but it, it's true. It, it is uh, true. And I think uh, in society today, we probably have come full circle yeah. to where. That wasn't happening for a very long time, but now it is again. It is again, right? So, so, and so it's just a product of the environment and what's going on right now. But so you did about you said six years. So you got out where at twenty four? So I did like ninety to ninety six. Okay, nineteen ninety to ninety six. So as soon as you got out, is that when you got your business started? No. So um, interesting thing about the military is wherever you get out of the military, you become a resident of that state. <clears throat> By then, I had met my wife, Kay, wonderful woman. With that, behind every great guy, there's a great woman. Right. There's no question about it. 
Um, she was the ticket girl at the movie theater down in, in St. Mary's, Georgia, at the Kings Bay Naval Submarine Base. Wow. Okay. And that's still, uh, uh, her mom still lives in the town <clears throat> that, that we met in. And I met her before going to another location. Yeah. And she'll tell you to this day uh, that I was bold enough at that point to tell her, hey, no matter what you do, don't fall in love with me because I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, but she was. She was literally the ticket girl at the movie theater. And uh, I didn't even buy the ticket uh, because in the military you have this thing called more month than money. Right, we got this out of the military too. Towards the end of the month, you're out of money. Right. So we were sitting in our uh, our barracks room watching. I think it was Independence Day, and uh, one of my buddies came in and said, "Hey, you guys want to go see a movie?" We we're like, "Oh," mm, uh, and he goes, "I'm buying." We're like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> and so I didn't even buy the ticket wow. to the movie. He bought the ticket. And met your wife. Yeah, and that's how I met my wife. Right. Wow. So and so that put me down in St. Mary's. Uh, where I met her, she came up here to Athens. I went all over the world, but then I realized that if I wanted to be a, a Georgia resident, then I needed to transfer back to that same base and get out of the military there. So I did my final length of stay down there. Hmm. And then when I got out, I was in, and at, by that time I had gone to Georgia Military College and got an associate in science. And then course chased her up here uh, got a five-year engineering degree in landscape architecture at the University of Georgia because in my mind I now understood all the structural engineering stuff I needed to understand everything outside of the buildings and structures and submarines and ships and that included roads and bridges and drainage and all that other kind of stuff you know wow. golf courses okay. stuff, so. so once you got those degrees what was your first business so it did not take long coming out of what I would consider to be the world's most uh, aggressive engineering firm, mobily deployed engineering firm, uh, to go back into the University of Georgia. And, and then I'm not knocking the teachers there, but you've got folks that are there that have been there for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I come out of an environment where we've been doing it mm -hmm. every day you know, <laughs> wow. at a high pace. And believe it or not, that didn't really rub right. Hmm. Meaning I didn't rub them right mm -hmm. because I was willing to challenge the sort of the status quo. And so uh, at that point, I petitioned the honors program with the University of Georgia mid-degree, got accepted. And so I was able to graduate with high honors. But in that process, um, I started to develop like a technology course for portfolios and websites and things <laughs> like that. And that actually then migrated into a small technology company. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, after that, um, I went and worked uh, in local government for five years. I worked in uh, a manufacturing environment uh, out of Lawrenceville, Georgia. Uh, flying all over the world, selling uh, really high-tech shop, what they call shop floor control systems. Mm. I worked for a company out of New York for a little while. And then now, during this point in time, uh, I have migrated to a company that I'm super passionate about that I work for uh, during the day. And I don't know, am I allowed to mention their name? Yes, you the, are. The Council on Alcohol and Drugs, uh, which is a, a, a nonprofit that's 51 years old that specifically focuses on substance abuse prevention. 
mm. including uh, opioid abuse, underage drinking, binge drinking, uh, and suicide prevention. Okay. And I am their associate CEO. So I work 40 hours a week helping them and our 35 employees all over the state of Georgia sort of tackle this problem that we see in all of our communities. Right. Um, and and as, as a part of that, I also run a private consulting business where I help other agencies sort of do the same thing that don't necessarily have those sort of technical skill sets. Um, right. And those are all over the state of Georgia. Um, but so, it, like if you, Ask me, how, where did that design come from or the idea or the motivation to build the Shaved Ice Shack? It would probably be, I wanted to build something that was great for families where people could come here and sort of be together like I call a dinner table together. Yeah. So right? that's, that's why that porch back That's why that giant porch is back there. I wanted to create an environment for the for our kids because they're who work here and run the business. I just sort of oversee it um, to where they could have those positive experiences that I had as a kid. Yep. Like so, I rem you know what would it be like to be able to be on the giving side of that, and what would be good for the community? What would be good for Statum as a whole? What could we uh, use skill set wise? Um, because years and years and years ago, uh, we actually, believe it or not, picked real estate for our retirement. <laughs> okay, so uh, we have apartments in Athens and up in Royston, Georgia. But that gave me, in addition to the engineering skills, the ability to renovate. Hmm. Right, so all these things have built on top of each other. But at the very core, at the council every day, we deal with employers and communities that are having people problems yeah you know what I call the seven vices are are scourging their communities mm -hmm. and I think that when you're choosing to build a business I personally believe you have a responsibility to think about whether it's going to be good or bad see that's what that's why I'm going to ask you when you decided to have the shaved ice shack before you even decide to start it, that you had to think about, is this what the community need? Would it thrive in the community? Uh, how did you, if someone who listened to this podcast, if they want to start a business, I need to know what your very first step was to start so, this business. So that's what I wrote these resources down for. Good. Because <laughs> there's some important steps on that ladder right. that start way before the idea. Right? Oh, okay. Way before the idea. Um, and the, the first resource that I'll mention is, and, I, and I, I very distinctly wrote down three separate books. Okay. I don't get any profit from any of these folks. They don't even know I exist. They're all best-selling authors. But I suggest everybody who thinks that they're an entrepreneur read these three books. Keyword, thinks. Thinks. <laughs> so the first resource is Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action, uh, by Simon Sinek, okay? And so this is a book that helps people to uh, understand that when they go to do something like this, there's a real responsibility to it, yeah. success or failure. Mm -hmm. It isn't just our kids that are working in this business, it's other people's kids, right. it's other people in the community. 
Um, there has to be a consistency to it. It has to be dependable. It has to have a great product, amazing customer service. Wow. And everything that goes into it is very planned and structured all the way down to the menu and wow. like what flavors we're gonna have, right? And like you were a self-professed, I don't like shaved ice. You're right, so, I was, but you changed my but, mind. But, Thank it, you for that. But I was taught and through observation, right? And you'll laugh because I try to teach all the, the, the teenagers that we have here these same principles. Right. Because I feel like it's my role to help them succeed. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if they're here just for a few months. Mm -hmm. If they can get enough out of this, they'll use that and build on it. But I was telling them the other day, I said, you know what? If you, if you explain to somebody what a flavor is, if somebody goes, what does pucker taste like? I said, that's like asking, what does it feel like to be at the Niagara Falls? Right. <laughs> yeah. right? And if you it's tell them, well, if you take a bucket of water and you take a hose and you splash it in there, mm. you can't duplicate that no, environment. Mm. I said, but you know what? Years ago, I learned one thing about the food service industry because I've never started a restaurant before. And that's what this is for all intents and purposes. It's a restaurant that sells shaved ice. I said, but I paid attention in enough food courts to know that the Chinese food places yes. oh, yeah. always have a person out there with bourbon chicken. Yeah, bourbon chicken. Bourbon one. And it's so funny because somebody told me that, uh, and I love, love Chick-fil-A's value system and everything, but somebody actually told me that the Chick-fil-A at the Mall of Georgia is actually doing samples. What? Because they paid attention to that, right? Wow. That's what I said. That's a <laughs> fundamental change yeah. in the way that things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you if you just stop and you pay attention to that environment, you'll see that the Chinese food place that does that will outsell every other business in there true. three to one. So, yeah, true. so that's a principle, I call that a, a, a business philosophy that you need to understand why it works. So I've been trying to train them, don't tell them what it tastes like, give it to them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let their brain tell them what it tastes like. It's the experience that's going to help them make the choice. Yeah, that's what he did to me. Not the words. <laughs> it got me. <laughs> not the words on the sheet of paper. You're right. I totally agree with you. Because you were say. like, no, yeah, I, I do not like, like shaved ice. You're like, try some number. You, you were standing here watching somebody eat a large shaved ice. And they were like, oh, that's so good. Mm. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. I mean, they ate every bite. And I was like. I'm like, what is going on here? She hadn't even offered him a single bite. No. <laughs> like nothing. nothing. She was like, no, no, no. Like nothing. Yeah. And then uh, and I asked you, I said, and you said, nah, I don't know. And then I said, what what are some of your go-to flavors? And then I got when I got you the sample, I still remember it. I always crack up about this. Yeah. Because this is like a memory that we share now. But yes, I gave sir. you two samples and you tried one. You were like, hmm, that's good. That's really good. <laughs> and then you tried the second sample and you are like, wow, that wow. is really great. And then, got me. and then he actually took one sample and put it into the, and poured of it into the second would. one. And he goes, You got to be. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh. And, and then he goes, okay, I like it. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you really Sorry. sold me. And, and there's a true statement that you made about that sample. Because it is. I was stuck in my head that. No, I don't like yes. this. I was used to the snow cone. Yes. I hate the snow cone. Right. I don't you like had never guys. tried real, real shaved ice before. Never have tried shaved yeah. ice. And they've been making these flavors since like the 1940s. So you had never also tried sort of the refineness right. of, the, of the quality that, that shaved ice can be. So you were experiencing multiple things that you had already, you had formed your social norm about shaved ice. And that I was sort did. of a, a chipped ice 
thought yeah, process. Right, right. And then I just said, hey, listen, and, and we see this every day. It's so funny because we have flavors like Tiger's Blood's our most popular flavor. And, <laughs> and I'll, I always ask people, like, what, what do you like or not like? And they're like, oh, well, I don't like coconut. Can I try Tiger's Blood? I'm thinking, okay. And I give them a sample. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, this is great. I'll, I want a large. I want a large Tiger's Blood. And, uh, and then they go, so what's in this? And I'm like, well, it's like 85% uh, strawberry, 15% coconut. And they're like, what? <laughs> and, they're, nom, nom, nom. and then they order it from that point on, yes. like forever. Yeah, that was amazing because yeah, you really sold me. I was like, yeah, I, I can't wait to show him. And how do you feel about ice? I like it. My wife, she loves it though. So I'm gonna have to bring her here. But you yeah. got the ice cone. But have well, you, you know, I'm not gonna let you get out of here without without making you some shaved ice. So that's my job. Is to make sure that you're a, you're not just a fan, but you're a raving fan, right? A raving fan is somebody who has a good experience. Yes. And then they go, well, I didn't think I did, but I. Mm. You need to get over there and check that out. I totally agree. Totally you know, shaved yeah. ice has never been a big deal for me. My wife, she goes crazy about it. But yes. To me, like you said, just ice to me with flavor. Right. Wait till you try this. Yeah, wait till you try this. Okay, so that was the first. We got off topic there yeah. for a second. We got back on shaved ice. Second resource I always recommend is the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And the E-Myth helps people understand if they're technicians, managers, or entrepreneurs. Oh. And it's a really great book. It's re a really easy read. It's Say a that quick again. The E, the letter E, Myth, M-Y-T-H. What now? Say those three things. Okay a technician, a manager, or an entrepreneur. <laughs> I it's like three that. I like that completely separate business personalities. Yeah, I like okay? that. And so what the book has you do, which I think is phenomenal, is it has you, it has you write down what you think you are. Put it in a sealed envelope and put it in the back of the book. <laughs> and then you read the book. And through reading the book, you learn what a technician, a manager, and an entrepreneur is. And by the time you're done reading the book, you also know where you fall. Wow, I like that. I like in that. there. Okay, so yeah. that's a well, super, super solid resource. But it does one fundamental thing also. Once you identify what you are, if you're a manager, it helps you understand how to relate to technicians and entrepreneurs and, hmm. and not focus on your skills, but focus on the skills of those other two areas. If you're an entrepreneur like me, it helps me understand how technicians and managers think. But also, if you get two entrepreneurs together, they don't get anything done. Right. <laughs> they, they daydream all day long. The, the physical aspect of it never, never happens. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand those components um, to understand like what you need to do to get from point A to point B. Okay. And it helps you in every aspect of life, so super important. Third resource is called Art of the Start by Guy Kawasaki. Okay, because we were before we started this podcast, we were kind of talking about like what helps people be successful and not successful. And I think one of the things, one of the probably the biggest stumbling blocks, and our society sort of emulates this is that everybody's got to be, um, if there's a problem, it's got to be, it's got to be your fault, mm -hmm. right? There's got to be fault assigned to everything. Right. Uh, but we, we very uh, intrinsically lose uh, the, the thought process of when we were young, when we were little, we were taught to make mistakes. 
We were taught to go out and explore and do things. How you gain experience. How you gain experience. And then when we got into school, they said, sit down, close your mouth, face forward, and don't say a word until I, t- until I tell you what to do. And then do just that. But for years, and that's why in the early grades, if you talk to early like elementary school teachers, they're like, these kids are crazy. That's because we've been teaching them to be crazy. Right. And now they're in a structured environment and you're the first step of that. And as they move through that environment, I feel like what we don't do a good, and I, th- and I think this is why I, I love the military experience so much, is that when they come out of high school if, and then they go into college or whatever they go to do, they're still in that sort of structured environment. Yeah. The military taught me to explore again. Mm, really? They taught me to think. They taught me to solve problems. They taught me that if we tell you to do that, you can't say no. You've got to get the job done. This is a life or death situation. And if you don't have the right tools, if you don't have the right people, you just have to figure it out. Right? Right? Today, we call that the learning how to hustle, learning how to bridge the gap between things and make things work and stuff like that. And Art of the Start does a really good job of helping people understand that it's okay to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, in business, it's expected. Some of the mistakes you make in business are colossal. <laughs> like, wow, how did that ever happen? But Art of the Start teaches you that all these things are like glass windows or glass walls. Break right through them and keep breaking through them, right? Because a lot of people get to that first window and they're afraid to make that first mistake. Yeah. And they never take the second step because nobody ever taught them, you can fix glass. <laughs> Right? If somebody throws a brick through that window in the middle of the night, am I going to go, oh, that's it for the business. (laughs) Close shop. Shut the door, put a sign out, put a for sale sign out. No. Right? right? That's glass. I know that this place is going to be up and running. I get on the phone with the right people, and I come out here, and I bust the rest of the glass out, and that guy (laughs) comes out, and he takes the frame out, and he puts new glass in. Right. Right. We keep fix the moving. mistake and then we keep moving, keep moving, keep, moving. keep learning, keep okay. moving. Now I might change the glass. Mm-hmm. I might put some different way to solve the problem like this metal door, right? It's on the back of a building. It's not as easy to see, right? right? So that's a different application, right? So you learn from all those processes. Okay. Okay. But uh, a lot of people are so stuck in that environment where they can't make a mistake and if they do a a fault is assigned and so it it creates fear Mm -hmm. fear of being wrong fear of making a mistake fear of moving forward and so they never they can't figure out why they can't be successful and they look at some other people like i'm a raving serial entrepreneur i did not get here by by not making mistakes (laughs) i made a ton of mistakes I figured out how to correct, steer, change, adapt, overcome, and conquer. Um, And through that process, I learned how to do. And so now if somebody looked at the final product, they may be like, gosh, Chris, he's successful at everything that he does. (laughs) Not seeing all the mistakes that you made on the way. But they don't see the mistakes. They see the finished product. What Chris knows is everything that's happened um, and... What I know is, <clears throat> if I don't do this right, there's going to be somebody, a code enforcement officer, a building inspector, True. a fire department, somebody 
that's going to say, hey, this needs to be two inches taller. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to knock it over on its side. I'm going to add two inches. I'm going to put the wheels back on. Put back on. And then in a couple of days, they're going to come out, and they're going to say, that's perfect. Yeah, okay. You need to let her in? Uh, I mean, you can if you have to. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I'm going to – I'll uh-huh. do that real quick. All right. So people just got to know that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as, long as you're able to pick yourself up and keep moving. And keep learn moving. from it. Learn from it. Yeah. Fix it. Yep. Uh, now, you make the same mistake five, eight, ten times. <laughs> Call it quicks. <laughs> it's time to start looking at something different, right? right? And so early on, I always suggest that young folks don't try to find what they love. Try five or eight things to find out what you hate. Hmm. It's a different and, way. And, and don't migrate towards what you think you love. Migrate away, away from, from the things that you do not like, the experiences that weren't positive, the things that you maybe made you uncomfortable, huh. right? And that'll push you in a direction for success. Huh. Because, because you move away from those things and you move into environments which are, which are healthier, which you enjoy more, then you're less likely to have anxiety about making mistakes huh. because you're having fun and when you're having fun, honestly, like when we're coking and joking and right. having, we're not thinking about what we're saying or doing or mistakes we could be making, right? So Stuff like that. And so you're more likely to be successful in those environments. Okay, I like that. I swear I'll say it, I like that. Now, it appeared to me that you hire kids, mainly kids. That's all you hire? For the most part, yeah. I love that. Isn't that nice? I love that because I always have said, McDonald's, Burger King, those are for high school kids. Yes. Once you build an adult, I know someone got a manager every now and then, but I hate to see full-grown adults working at places like yes. that. But I love that concept. You got yeah. it for the kids, and it give them a job yeah. outside of school, and they learning from you because you're a great, That's positive right. person, and you're teaching, and they're working. Yeah, and I'm, you know, and I've read the Five Wise, I've read the E Myth, I've right. read the Art of the Start. I've built six or eight very successful business environments wow. now what do i need to do to to help that rub off to, because everybody right see the same thing that was a mistake for me can be a success <laughs> for somebody else yeah see i saw guys coming out or ladies coming out of their houses in suits and ties and with briefcases and satchels and things and getting in a car and going to work and i thought that was success mm-hmm. Today, if I'm renovating an apartment over in Athens and I walk out of a place, and I literally look like somebody that came out of underneath the bridge. Mm-hmm. I am dirty. I got I have sawdust, drywall, paint on my cheek. Yeah, I might have leaned up against the wall and not because re- it's it was midnight and I was tired. But we all have the same amount of time in the day. It's just a matter of what we do with what it. Do yeah. with it. I agree. That will define where we're going to be over time. And uh, but at the end of that, there's no electricity. I'm working off of LED lights. It's hot hot but and, I, and all i want is a is something ice cold right so i go into that qt station or that racetrack or something to get that 40 ounce gatorade or giant thing of water and and some of these kids that are in college that are in that defined environment they're looking at me like did you just crawl out of the bushes right it's the wood. did you walk out of the woods because i got camouflage pants on <laughs> and an olive drab shirt and i'm like got like a homeless stuff. guy it's like a homeless guy, guy. Yeah. yeah yeah really what they don't realize is that they're staring at the millionaire next door right exactly exactly, exactly. and that that sweat equity that i put in has a thousand fold payoff for me 
if I have those skills to not only do it, but also if somebody else can't do it for me, if I can do it, save money. Then I save money in the process. It's almost like a, a it's a compounding factor, twofold yes. compounding factor. Yes. So I do as much as I can, and there are some things that I don't touch in the in the renovation world. I don't touch electrical. I very rarely touch plumbing, and I don't touch AC work. But everything we got experts. Touch. Everything else, uh, everything else that you see, was up here, and I made it, put it together. So, right. what made you come to Statum and open up a business? So, interestingly enough, uh, this is another mistake that I see people make a lot. Um, cause I, I've got God, family, business, and community. Okay. Amen. Okay. That's perfect. God is something greater than me. Yes. Right. And so whatever somebody's God is, it is a, it's a sense above self. Yes. It's a purpose above what we, our expectations are for ourselves are. And it's important to have that because if you don't ever have a goal that's more than you, then you're already, you've already arrived. It yeah, really doesn't matter grow. what age you are. Yep. Good point. Okay. So, but if you're able to say, how can I do this? What, what can I draw that picture? Can I make that happen? Right. And what inspiration does it take? Right. Cause if you could have seen this environment, like, like you did when right. I started, holy mackerel, you'd be there. If you'd, you'd say there's no way, yeah. no way. <laughs> and but now you look at it today and you're like, wow, that's yeah. something. Okay. Family, real support system. Right, so people are being drawn away, right? We're more; these are making us more disconnected than ever, right? We're not talking. You said to the these people even cell phones. Yes, we're not talking to the people across the street or next door. We're talking to people on Facebook. True. We're talking to people on social media. We're, we're doing all these things. There's our train. <laughs> all right, so family is a real support system. Without a real support system there's always more chances to fumble, yeah. right? So that's one of the things that I say, get on board right out of the chute, is yeah. even if they're not comfortable, my wife Kay was super conservative. When I would talk about these projects or real estate or the things I wanted to do work-wise or businesses or whatnot, she was not on board in the beginning mm -hmm. because she liked that structure, the box, yeah. the define, the sit still, I'll tell you what to do next. <laughs> Now she's totally not in that environment now because we do everything that we do. Right. And she learns just like I do in that process. And so, but it's, it's all about support, right? right? And so you'll quickly realize that your extended family becomes a super important support system also. You guys become an important support system. The law enforcement, the fire department, you know, everybody in the community, the prevention agencies, the folks that deliver mm. food, Right, all these are different ecosystems of support and that becomes super important. Business I see is my contribution. It's my obligation. It's what I need to do to contribute, right? Mm -hmm. And as a serial entrepreneur, I just keep doing it over and over and over and over and over. And I'm like, yeah, I'm having a great time, right? I'm like a hole in one expert with businesses, right? But that's what makes me feel good. Right. And then if I can help other people in that process, it, it's, a, it's even more rewarding. Because if they can glean into that, then it'll help them also. Yeah. So it's a very much a giving thing. And then the last thing is community. So what, what picked this place? And that's where I mentioned uh, you got to think about good and bad. Mm -hmm. Well, another factor that comes into community is distance or proximity. Proximity. I live approximately one mile from here. <laughs> okay. And so it actually took me three years 
to get the owner of this property to physically sell me this property. Wow. It had been in their family for about 60 or 65 years. Wow. And so it had become part of their family. Yeah. And so when I first approached uh, the owner, who still lives here in town, he's actually a customer now. <laughs> of course. Um, he was like, no way. I am not going to sell this. I have no interest at all in selling it. And then I came back the second year. I said, hey, what do you think about selling me this place? Ah, hmm. Ah, mm. ah. Oh, change, change. And then the third year I came back and I said, hey, listen, um, what would be your what would be your dollar amount? What would be your number? If you wanted to sell this place, what would you want to get out of it? And I had no idea what they paid for it. I know now right. <laughs> what they originally paid for it. Years, like 60, 50, 60 years ago, because uh, I actually saw the piece of paper that it was written on. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I want to get it and put it on the wall in here. It's yeah, kind of crazy. The original should. bank note for the property in the building. Um, but, uh, and, and then he said, well, it would be this. And I said, okay, I'm good with that dollar amount. I'll, you want to, I'll have my attorney, real estate attorney, pull the details together and we'll go ahead and we'll close on the property. And he has this look like, I didn't think you'd actually buy it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But he didn't realize that we already owned like 20 rental properties and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, uh, so then, so then, but we understood him also. This is a part of his life, part of his family. It's part of the memories. So we not only have an obligation to be able to, to do what we said, which is make the purchase, but there's also a little bit of us that needs to make him proud of what we make it into. Yeah. Right, right. And, and we also took him out for breakfast before the closing <laughs> because I knew if you were giving your son away, right. you'd be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So we had some biscuits and some gravy and some, we had breakfast and we went to the closing. And then we, when the attorney cut him the check and he was standing there, he's like, <sighs> he never saw that day coming. Yeah. Right. And so, but it was, real, it was a lot of fun for him. Well, it was probably not fun in the beginning because I basically tore up everything that he had ever built. Yeah, you did. I tore out everything but the ceiling or the roof, the walls and the floor. Mm -hmm. I cut out the plumbing, cut out all the electrical I took the whole porch off the back and mm. rebuilt that from scratch wow. because then I had to bring it up to today's code. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I, mean, I can imagine in the beginning when I was tearing out the walk-in cooler and the bar and all the things that mm. he had spent so much effort, there's probably a lot of remorse right. to see it taken down to nothing. It's like yeah. tearing the whole place down. Right. But then over time, he kept coming back and visiting. He'd come back and just randomly i had to be 10 o'clock at night five or two o'clock in the afternoon he just pop up hey and kind of like and, and i would show him what we were doing and where we were That's at good yeah. you kept that relationship kept the relationship and the city of statum has been wonderful through the entire process uh, we did have some issues with the power mm -hmm. uh, which kept us from opening last season but again in the whole scheme of things if you're going to do something that's going to be good for 30 years what's a few months right. yeah that's right. just a something we look back now at and we'll laugh at for years and years and years like god you remember mm -hmm. like what cost us that whole season you're like huh and then but the last 20 years have been really good so that's, so why you made the porch so long uh, I made the porch so long because uh, as, a, as an investor in real estate, my goal was to have this business be successful even 
from day one. Okay? okay, and as you as you learn, so I've invested in a lot of real estate over the last 25 years, and as you learn, gosh, instead of buying a single house, if I buy a duplex hmm. or a triplex or I own a building up in Roysting that has six six units in it, okay. every time I do that, I divide my risk by that number. Oh. Okay. And the more properties I buy, if I buy four duplexes instead of one, then I divide my risk by eight. Yeah. <laughs> so if one unit's not filled, it's not going to have a detrimental effect if the other seven are. So I never thought of that. So the first yeah. thing I did when I got this building and my wife was baffled, I said, I'm going to put a cinder block wall right down the middle because we don't need this much space to run this business out of it. Hmm. If I put a four-hour firewall in there, then we have another half of the building, and when we get done with this, we can help somebody else be successful. Hmm. <laughs> right? As a landlord, I learned that it's important to provide spaces for businesses and spaces for people right. to live in. Yeah. And the better that I am, the happier they are, the less the phone rings. <laughs> right? Okay. And then we did a digital plat of this property and we realized that the next property over built about 20 feet over on this property. Mm. So my attorney said, you need to get a lot line agreement signed by them acknowledging that mm. so that you can use that space. Okay. And we called, or it took us several months because that had fallen into a family trust <laughs> to find out who even owned the property. Mm. Wow. Once we found out who owned it, we realized we had gone to church with them for over 10 years. <laughs> wow. They were already retired, and they had about five properties like that. They'd already sold the other four, and that was the last one that was left. Hmm. And I said, well, have a family meeting, pray about it, and ask your husband to call tomorrow. And when he calls, tell him to have a dollar amount in mind. Because if you guys aren't planning on doing something, I bought the property next door. Right. It's in bad shape. You know it's in bad shape. Everybody knows it's in bad shape. It's like the haunted house of Statham. Right? And, but I've got the skill set to make it nice. Okay. And so I bought the next property over also. I, reno I stopped working on this. I renovated that. Once I got that up to speed, then there's another family business that's in there also. They're right. very successful. Um, but that means that now this is three rental properties for us. And no matter what, that gives us the freedom to make this successful long-term because yes. we're not having to worry about how much does the internet cost, what's a dumpster cost, what's this cost, what's that, can I buy another thing of cups or anything like that. All that stress is removed. Yeah. Wow. And that allows us to focus on success, yes. teaching, training, positive uh, customer service, right? It's hard to smile when you're worried. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But when you don't have, when you're just like, this place is, even if I shut the door tomorrow, mm -hmm. it's still profitable. Yeah. Right. When somebody walks in the door, I'm able to go, hey, welcome to the Shave Nice Shack. <laughs> yeah. Have you yeah. ever been here before? You know, what, what's, what's, as a matter of fact, I've got one of our employees that snuck in here behind us. We ought to, we ought to, we ought to let her just say so you can see like how that resonates. So, okay. Let's, uh, why don't you come up here and I'm going to pretend. Here's the microphone and everything right here. Okay. And you just stand there and just talk normal just like you do. If, if gonna, someone comes I'm in, I want to know if I do a new customer that just walked into business. I want you to say everything that you would normally say. Right? Okay. Okay. Here, here I come. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> 
to the shack. Hey, what's going on? Nothing much. How are you? I'm great. How's your day going? Pretty good. So, have you been here before? I have not. All right. Well, we have over 70 flavors on these sheets. Anything can be made sugar-free as long as it does not have an asterisk beside it. We have three toppings, sweetened condensed milk, sour spray, and Lee Hing Mui powder. That just makes it a little more bitter. And we have four sizes, a tiny, small, medium, and a large. And then we have drinks. So awesome. That's great. And so what's your favorite flavor? My favorite is probably red velvet cake. What, I really, what, what is it about that flavor that makes it your favorite? I'm not sure. I just like the sweetness of it. What is red velvet cake? It's like uh, kind of like chocolate but with uh, red dye. Can, can I try it to see what it tastes like? Of course. Oh, awesome. Wow, that's great. Uh, that's that was great. Made me feel warm. I want yes, something else. Yes, yes. So thank you. <laughs> right? Customer service. So when you walk into that environment, yeah. what, what do you, how do you feel? Right. You feel welcome. You're like, shit. You're like family. Right. You Give me something. Yeah. You want to come back. Yeah. And you want to tell yeah. your friends and tell your family, look, that shave ice hat, that's where we need to go. So, so for these guys, for all of our staff, the first thing we had to do is look at what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. Not just here, but everywhere. And what makes you feel the best? Oh, I like and the that. second thing I had to explain to them and help them understand to remove that anxiety or that fear was there are three things that have to go into every business. 25% of it is the product. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have the best product. We have what I would consider to be the gold standard. I know that because I've been eating shaved ice for 40 <laughs> years. I've got some wonderful friends that run places in Birmingham, Alabama. I'll give a shout out to Bruce at Polar Ice. Uh, David down in Panama City runs one of the highest volume shaved ice shacks. Anytime I call him, he's the nicest guy ever. Hey, this is what you need to do, Chris. This is what I do. If I go down there, he takes me right back in his kitchen. Let me show you how we do this. Let me show you how we do that. Right? So that networking, connections. That networking and those connections mm -hmm. and things. All right. So 25% is product. They don't have to worry about that. Mm. It's already the best. Right. 25% of it has to be the easiest way to pay. Okay. It's got to be super convenient, right? Mm -hmm. We have a wonderful point of sale system that makes them easy, easy for them to do their job. You can tap your phone, you can credit card, cash, whatever. It's easy to pay, right? And that's what you guys want as a customer. Yep. Boop, yep. done. Yep. Technology. And it's yes. quick. It also prints off a receipt that they can put up on the machine so it makes it fast for them to make the product, which is what you want. You want to start eating it. Right. Okay. The other 25% is that customer service that you just heard. Yes. Okay, so that's 75% of it. So what's the other 25%? Present, presentation. Presentation and entertainment. Okay. And you might be like, well, entertainment, what's that mean? That's us. Right. That's the fact that I take tons of pictures. Oh, okay. I'm okay. interested in you, your family. Well, what flavor does your wife like? Mm -hmm. Well, and, uh, and, I, and I, being in the business, learned that most people come in here and there's 80 flavors, 100 combinations. <laughs> they get the same thing every time. They get the same thing every single time. <laughs> I know that because that's what I do. It, it, I what, what's your flavor? I, I like great. Everything great. Yep. So great. So you're like, you come in, you're going to order great. <laughs> yep. so, so what can I do to help you with that? Like knowing what I know. Oh. I go and I'll say, hey, you know, that's crazy. Grapes, awesome flavor. But I'll go back there and we'll do this today. I'll make you three samples of something you've never tried before. And with the kids, it's especially fun because you got bean boozled. <laughs> I play what I call shave boozled. I'll pick three random flavors 
and I'll pour it in there because I like to see how people process things. Yeah. And the very first thing they do is they guess visually. Yep. If it's green, it's got to be lime right. or apple. Well, apple or, yeah. or they, and, and they don't realize when it's uh, tidal wave that it's more like a Hawaiian fruit punch. Hmm. So they try and they're, ooh, that's like my brain and my mouth just <laughs> said something different. And, they, and it's so fun. Yeah. That is the 25% that's the experience component. Yeah. They're going to remember that it was a good flavor, that it was easy to pay, and they had wonderful customer service. Mm -hmm. Where the memories come from. The memories come from that last 25%. Yep. It's the family picture. I always joke with them, like, hey, I'm here to take your family picture, and there's no charge. <laughs> right? Because when you go to a theme park and they take your picture, oh, yeah. it's $25. $25 yep. And I'm like, this is going to be fun for you. And I learn about them, and are they from Jefferson or Houston or the Georgia Club or Athens or Winterville or Decula or wherever they're from? All of a sudden, I have access to people that I would never have met. I not only get to talk to my neighbors, but I get to talk to everybody from all over the place, which is fun. Yeah. Right. And so, and I always tell them, I'm like, yeah, so what's cool is over time, we'll take these pictures, you'll get to watch your kids grow. Yeah. And you'll remember these experiences and Facebook will remind you yes. in a year, three years, five years and memories. start showing you right. those memories that you've created. But that's the most important 25%. Oh. We have to do the first 75% right. But what makes this an important place is family. It's smiles. Okay. It's mommy, daddy. I like it's that father-daughter time it's right. mother-son time like that, it's right yeah. it's that experience that you have with your son yeah. that you can't have any other way yeah. it's in a positive environment normally we have hawaiian music going right. the product's good and it was overall great experience and 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 so if i'm leaving the door what do you say as i'm walking out the door have a wonderful day. <laughs> okay. And if I've about. already had a great day, I'm gonna have a. I'm probably gonna have a good day for the rest right. of the day. No yeah. doubt. It so, really does go a long way. It goes a it, long it way. Yeah. yeah. And I realize over time, like unknowingly, that we've had groups of people in here, who were larger groups, eight, ten, twelve people. And like there was one time where I went out and I played the little shaved ice game with them and everything, got to know them and all that kind of stuff. I didn't know why they were here. All I knew was when they left here, they all had a smile on their face. They all made a comment as they were walking out the door. They'll, that picture, they'll reminisce over that, how much fun that was. They'll come back. They had a great experience. And I found out a few days later, they were all here due to a loss of a loved one. Wow. And so they thought, hey, this would be a great way to like lift that weight, get everybody together, do something fun. And so that was a privilege that we had to yeah. be a part of that that we didn't even know about. Yeah. That's and see, awesome. that's the kind of hair on the back of your yes. neck thing. Yes, that's awesome. And, and my expectation is, is that's what we're, we're a part of everybody's life like yeah. that. Like so, we have that ability to create that wonderful experience that, that doesn't just end when you walk out the door. Because right. I've been to plenty of places where I got a fish sandwich. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, oh, I'm not sure I should have eaten that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, and I hadn't thought about that place again right, in two right. years. Yeah. 
right? We do not want to be that place. We want to be the place that's the most loved in the community. Well, you're doing a good job. To do that, you got to give the most love. Right, right. So what are your hours? So our hours are Monday uh, through Sunday. We're open seven days a week right now, oh, cool. which is a bold thing to do, but yeah, we cool. felt like it was good uh, just simply to employ as many people as we could. Um, we got a kind of a late start in the season because of the, some of the construction things that we had to deal with. And that also helps us understand what the flow is. Right. And what we learned out of it is that people like shaved ice seven days a week. <laughs> so there's a solid chance that every season we may be open seven days a week from 12 to 9. Wow. Uh, because it's, it's pretty consistently folks come in and we want them to have something stable in their life where when they need it, they've they got access to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great, yeah. great. Okay, uh, getting ready to close this episode out. Yes, I wanna, sir. I appreciate you for... Being on Chinwagon River, because you gave a lot of information. Yes, you did. That's, Valuable information. Right, it's very informative. But before we go, one last thing you want to say. Uh, we're located at 1907 Atlanta Highway Southeast in Statham, Georgia. You can't miss us because we have a giant mural on the side of the building. We've got a flappy guy outside. We got sparkly stuff. We're always working to make the environment nicer. Uh, we got some marquee letters that are going up on the front here in the next two weeks that say that'll say shaved ice. I've got some lights that I'm going to drape across that are like the lights in the back and okay. and, and on the outside of the back also. Just kind of continue to give it that like to to make it that place where when you think, gosh, I want to have a nice experience, that's where I want to be. Gotcha. Um, so we are we are happy to be here. Happy to. If you come in and you're not a shaved ice fan, you will be, be, when, you will be when you leave. That's right. Just ask us uh, for a flavor and we'll let you try something. And there's absolutely no cost to try anything. Uh, we are working on some uh, a new way to offer our product, which I think will be a lot of fun. But we're gonna we're kind of doing a, we'll do a little reveal when it's time. Okay. But I appreciate you guys coming out and interviewing me, and I hope this was valuable because it was. It, was. it, uh, it does not matter if it's a shaved ice business or if it's any kind of business. All of these, what I kind of alluded to, it's like business physics. Right. Right? It's like gravity. If I jump off a building, I cannot believe that I won't fall, but I'm going to fall. You're going to yeah. fall. You're going to fall. Right. And all these little principles and these three resources and sort of that, uh, that God family business community, it's important for everybody to, to really hold on to and for it to be the core of why they're doing what they're doing. I like that. Because if you can't put a why behind it, mm -hmm. then you're just doing it. Right. You're just trading time for money. Just trading that's time. why I think that's that's relatable to life itself not just the business aspect but anything everything like i said you got to have a reason you got to have right. a goal or why or why if you can figure out why you can figure out how to get to the exactly. why i like that yeah all right busters anything you want to say before we close it i had a great time i mean your energy everything it, it makes me want to come back i yeah. will bring my family i got a wife and two kids they're going to, I know they're going to love this oh yeah so thank you for the energy you have thank you for everything thank you for having us here absolutely it's a pleasure to be able to offer the space to do something like this. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Is. Yes, it is. And what I want to say is uh, this is my first time my guest co-host has been on the mic with me. He did a great job. I, I was I, I was impressed. I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a bit talker. He's right. the, the, the outgoing guy. I'm more behind the scenes. I'd rather chill and listen. Yeah. Yeah, That's but, right. But, but you did a great job. And I want to appreciate Chris for allowing us to have this podcast in your business and it is the Shave Ice Shack. 
www.shavedicehack.com. And we do events here. We do events at people's uh, businesses. Matter of fact, we're expanding. Great. We're bringing on a 6 by 12 trailer so that we can go out to churches uh-huh. and wow. events Ooh, and things like that. That's okay. right. Great. That's right. Great. So. You need to come to Auburn. We, we have, I work in Auburn. Yeah. We have festivals all the time. We'll love to have you there, man. Yeah, he's a cop also. Yeah. yeah. So Good deal. All right. With that said, from the mind to the lips to the heavens, until next time, peace from the heart. Yeah.